Hey guys, this is Dale Tedder, and welcome to the Walking Points podcast discussion, Theology for Men. I'm uh, joined by David Preston today in the discussion, and we're going to be talking about how to cultivate an eternal perspective. What in the world is an eternal perspective? Why do we need one? And if we do need one, how do we cultivate that in our lives? That's what we're going to be talking about on today's Walking Points podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Walking Points. Glad you are here. I'm Dale Tedder, and uh, I am joined, as always, with uh, my brother, David Preston. Dave, thanks for being here. Thank you, Dale, for having me. Good afternoon to everyone there. That's right. Part of this is audio, so you got to do more than just shake your head. Otherwise... That's right. <laughs> Dave, you just got back from Spain. Uh, See, si. <laughs> <laughs> You picked up a lot of the language, I can tell. Just a little of the lingo there, yes, yes. How was that? What uh, you were telling me? It was, a really, good, it was were, a really good trip. What do you? What? I mean, I'm sure inquiring minds want to know. What did you think was your? What was your favorite part? You shared with me a couple Monday nights ago. What did you think was your favorite part about going to Spain? Um, probably, I think one of the coolest things was to see the big cathedral in Barcelona, the La Sagrada Familia. Um, really, really beautiful architecture. And it is one of those things that, as I thought about it more, it is one of those occasions where I think, you know, God uses beauty to touch people. Something like 60 million people come through that place every year. And the whole building is devoted to essentially telling the story of Jesus Christ. They're, everything is symbolic. Everything has meaning. And when you go in a lot of other churches in Europe, they're just big empty museums. You see tourist groups and things like that. And whenever they have a concert there, every, it, it sells out. Wow. And so I see that as sort of a, okay, maybe it's not, they only have a church service there once a month um, just because of the nature of the building and the fact that it is a tourist, uh, a tourist attraction. But right. you know, God uses anything like that. Um, you know, so I, I think it's kind of cool that God is using that, that attraction to touch that many people. Um, you know, again, about 60 million people go through it every year. And that's something on the order of just, just one magnitude below one of the Disney parks. So, oh my uh, gosh. About that. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. So, I had no idea. It's incredible. It is incredible. So anyway, that was, that was one of the, one of the real highlights of the trip for me. Well, maybe we can, uh, well, we can shoehorn part of that story to fit with what we're going to be talking about today in a little bit. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, an eternal perspective. What is an eternal perspective? Why we ought to have an eternal perspective? And then, I don't know if we'll get to everything today, but we're going to talk a little bit about how to cultivate an eternal perspective. How can we, how can we grow in understanding what it means to have an eternal perspective and to live that out in our lives? I wanted to uh, share two books with you guys watching today. We have uh, Rewriting Your Broken Story by Ken Boa. Uh, full disclosure, Ken Boa was uh, a mentor of mine back in seminary days. But uh, the subtitle of this is The Power of an Eternal Perspective. And uh, it's just a fantastic book and hardly encourage you to go out and buy it. Uh, another book I'm going to refer to is this book by Pat Morley. I've uh, talked about this on another video before, but it's called Man Alive. And it's got some good things in it. I'm going to just share one or two things from that. But, um, David, I just want to start the ball rolling, I guess, by getting your thoughts on um, what you think an eternal perspective is or how you would communicate that um, 
or maybe actually a better way to start is asking, you know, what do people think it is? And I'll, I'll get the ball rolling. I, we've all heard the phrase, or many of us have heard the phrase, uh, don't become so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an eternal, that's not an eternal perspective. Um, but I think people, when they hear the word, you know, eternal, they think, all right, you're just thinking about heaven. You're thinking about, you know, can't wait till I die and go to be with Jesus or whatever it may be. And you, you render yourself sort of useless in the here and now. And in reality, an eternal perspective is just the opposite of that. But uh, how would you, as you've ministered to folks for a long time, um, people get caught up in a temporal perspective versus an eternal perspective. How would you flesh that out and about where people are? I mean, obviously, rock-solid Christian people have a better perspective on that, but people just in general, where do you think they are with that whole idea of what an eternal perspective is, and um, are they living it out? Uh, just let you kind of go with that. Well, I think that um, in sort of thinking about that, it is uh, the idea, is, especially looking at our t- contemporary culture, if you were just look <clears> at the average person out there, um, you know, they really don't, they, their, eternal, their, their, their eternal perspective, quote unquote, may be looking down the road a month or a year from now. Um, and, you know, for the most part, people in our culture and our society really live almost completely in the moment. Uh, they may have some sense of, okay, I have to plan for retirement or something like that down in the future. But as far as something that is lasting and eternal that has real ultimate value, I think that that's something that's very, um, uh, it's not recognized in our contemporary culture because things are so disposable. I mean, not to to get trite about it, but I mean, our televisions are disposable. Our phones are disposable. Everything's made to where you can fix it a little bit, but for the most part, you toss it away. And I think that that makes people tend to, to not really think about what is lasting, what is true, what is good. You know, those things that we're supposed to be thinking on, what is good, what is noble, what is honorable. Um, And so what is good, noble, and honorable, well, that's all kind of negotiable, um, you know, in the moment. What fits the moment? I think that's one of the biggest differences uh, or one of the biggest issues, I guess, as we think about the modern world and we think about, well, how do we develop an eternal perspective? How do we, how do we, point somebody toward it first, you know, really identifying what it is, but then how do you get people to buy into that? Because everything really is so transitory. Yeah. Um, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I appreciate that. I I wanted to share just from the, uh, the book by Boa. Um, He talks about rewriting your broken story and it's really, it's an interesting way to get into the topic of an eternal perspective and what he does at the very beginning is he mentions uh, sort of four four little vignettes, uh, you know, just four little vignettes, four little examples of people. He mentions uh, one person, for example. He says, you know, maybe you were 14 years old when your parents were divorced, and up until that time, you didn't have much to worry about aside from keeping up your grades. Next thing you know, uh, or rather, the next thing you knew, you were being asked to decide who you wanted to live with. Um, then he talks about, uh, or maybe that's not you. Maybe you enjoyed a good childhood. Uh, you were on the right path, but you realize um, time is passing by quickly and all the things you hope to attain are flying by and um, you're not going to accomplish all that you wanted to. Or he says, maybe you're an addict. Uh, he says, or maybe you're a mom. And since your children are old enough to think and do things for themselves, you feel like all you ever do is manage their schedules and drive. And what he does, he just talks about these four stories that are broken 
you know, of broken people that are hurting. And his big idea for this whole book is this. I'm going to just read this. He says, um, you can embrace your broken story and repair it by setting it, uh, setting it on the context or in a context of a greater story, one that begins and ends well. Your pain can bring redemption when it forces you to reexamine what you believe. An eternal perspective can change everything and can help you make sense of the story you're living right now. So his idea is to take the story that you're living, and maybe it's not what you hoped it would be. You know, maybe you had big dreams for your life and they've gone unfulfilled. Uh, maybe, you know, Pat Morley is a big, a big proponent of saying no man wakes up planning on failing on purpose. You know, he doesn't wake up desiring to fail in the morning. So, you know, we make some wrong decisions, some poor choices, or circumstances get the best of us. I mean, there might be a bunch of different reasons why our stories get broken. And what Bo is going to be talking about throughout this book is the idea that God can redeem that. And when you place your story inside his story, there can be wholeness, there can be healing, there can be meaning and purpose and value and all those things that maybe someone's not experiencing when they're just trying to live it in their own strength, sort of in a temporal perspective. As you were saying, living for right now, this is all there is um, and there's no more. And so uh, I want to read this scripture, and this is Second uh, Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, and we'll interact with this and some of what we just heard. <clears throat> so he's, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or fleeting, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So, David, you know, I'm putting you on the spot here, but in light of people's broken stories, you know, those uh, people struggling in life, um, you know, we're trying to minister to guys here. And so, you know, we, we know that there's men struggle with a lot of different things, everything from pornography to addiction to um, depression to a million different things. Um, what about that scripture and the idea of this eternal perspective and putting your story and seeing it in light of the story, you know, his story that we talk about? Um, how, would you, how would you run with that if you were seeking to minister to a guy? Well, I, I think I would start out, um, and what, what really strikes me, I guess, as is, is, is you're reading that, and as I was, I've been anticipating this and sort of thinking about this, is the idea that that really is the, that really is the gospel message in so many ways, that your story is not, you're, you're, you are not the sum total of your actions, you're not the sum total of, of the, your bad choices or good choices, as far right. as that goes. Um, you're not the sum total of those choices, you are who God has made you to be, ultimately. Um, you know, and so our Christian life, if, if we just focus on kind of how things are, you know, no, nothing is ever going to change versus the idea that in Christ, we are new creations, right? We old things pass, the new thing has, has come. And so that perspective in and of itself, the, the story is not over. The story right. is not over. No matter what happens in your life, the story is not over. That's sort of the, this just popped into my head. Let me, let me run with it briefly, but it's, that's why the, 
the, the idea of suicide was always condemned in the church because if you, if you take your life, that you're basically saying, okay, God, I, I've given up on any possibility that anything else different is going to happen in my life. Mm. And that's why it was always looked at as sort of an unforgivable sin. Um, you know, but our, our, the, the possibility or the reality of grace and the possibility of transformation is, is what makes our lives worth living. Right. You know, otherwise we are, you know, stuck in a world that's nasty, brutish, and short, you know, mm, right. we are stuck following behind that lead, that lead dog all the time through life, you know, pretty much that, that, that scenery that never changes. Right. Um, as opposed to the possibility of something new, the possibility of something different, the possibility of being transformed, which we are promised um, in the other part of that scripture in second Corinthians, the beginning of that, you know, it talks about, Hey, everything is pushing down on, on us. Everything is trying to, to, to drag us down. Everything is trying to basically draw us into death. Yet that spirit that lives within us, the spirit of Christ, which dwells within us, that's what keeps us from being pressed down, but not put upon, you know, shaken, but, you know, you know, but not, but not taken over, not defeated, you know, so that no matter what happens on the outside, inside God has already given us that victory Christ has already given that us that victory you know and so it, it's a matter of living that out it's a matter of claiming that right. know, as we move forward well let me ask you this then in light, in light of that because we know it's not just a bunch of uh, unbelieving guys out there guys who are not Christians who are living that defeated life uh, the the well there there are men who claim Christ but they're still living according to that temporal perspective, and it's getting the best of them because of that. And Pat Morley, the quote I wanted to share with you from his book, Man Alive, is this. He says, there must be more. Most men I talk to are confused about what a powerful, transform life really looks like. And listen to this. Regardless of how much I love Jesus they've got, they have high hopes for Christianity or for what Christianity offers, but little to show for it. So these guys are guys that say, hey, I love Jesus, but man, my life's not getting any better. That lead dog looks the same as it did yesterday. Mm-hmm. All the right. things we're talking about. So how can we, um, we can start making a little transition here in our, our conversation about how can we get, I mean, obviously we want to let guys who don't know Christ, we want to share the gospel with them and we want to let them know, you know, about God's grace and God's love for them and all that and, you know, and, and share the gospel with them, obviously. Um, but guys that at least profess to know Christ, claim to know Christ, and we have reason to think they do, uh, and yet they're still uh, living with that temporal perspective in mind. They're not living with that power and that transformation. Um, they say, I love Jesus, but they've, they've got, as he says, very little to show for it. How do we start moving them in that direction? Because, you know, the gospel isn't just for unbelievers. The gospel is for believers every day. Right. And uh, so how do you how would you counsel folks? I know I've had experience many times of helping guys walk through that. What seems like the valley of the shadow of death sometimes, uh, you know, just when the weight of the world is on their shoulders. How do you minister to them, Dave? Um, Well, I think it's 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 important to, to, you know, number one, to help them to turn from it's important for us to focus on, you know, certainly prayer, staying in the word and so forth fellowshipping with other Christians, mm-hmm. but I think it's very important to help, uh, to, to help turn them outward, to start investing that, uh, that, uh, that the gospel knowledge, the gospel transformation, uh, how God is transforming them 
kind of turning around and investing that out there in the world, um, you know, su such that, well, for instance, uh, I use a guy in my church as an example, my, my, my trustee guy, I'll, I'll brag on him a little bit, um, because for him, it was, it was the idea that he had, he, he, you know, great Christian man, you know, has lived a Christian life or tried very hard to live a Christian life, but to get him to turn around and to start to speak that into the world, to start mm -hmm. to live that in the world. And for him, <laughs> that means when he goes into Home Depot, he has a relationship with the clerks, the salespeople. Mm -hmm. They you know he has his little, he's our, he's our little Home Depot evangelist, you know? <laughs> and so for him, that has, by investing himself that way, that has begun more transformation inside of him. Okay. Because he sees how that affects other people. He also responds to how that makes him feel. Yes, that gets a little bit self-centered that way to a certain extent. Yes, we want to feel good about ourselves and all, but but yeah, that 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 helps that helps along, you know, and it is that idea of of taking taking what we're learning, what we're studying, how we're growing internally, and turning that outward so that we are starting to impact and, and affect the world. We are those ambassadors for Christ that way. So that and, part has to be happening then. That yes, in, that part that intake. Is, yes, yeah. intake is important, mm -hmm. but it has to, you know, to turn people around and to right. turn them outward so that they are, and, and I use this word investing because I think we have that, so many of those uh, uh, stories in the Bible, uh, the parables in the Bible kind of about that, sort of that, mm -hmm. um, uh, along that line, and I think it's it's investing the, the gospel that God has invested in us and turning around and investing that out right, into sure. people in the world. Um it is along the lines of, you know, if you really want to learn something, teach it. You know, well, right. if you really want to be affected by, you really want to feel grace, well, show that grace to somebody else. Yeah. You know, use that grace, let that grace flow out of you and into somebody else's life. Um, and that's how you start to really see a difference. Um, well, that's you know, interesting. I, let me cut you off real quick. I just want to, I want to read um, a couple things from Boa on that eternal perspective, because what he's talking about here, I think goes well with what you were just talking about. He said, God has ordered our minds in such a way that we're actually capable of thinking on two levels at one time. It requires practice and willfulness. We can make conscious choice to be aware of God's presence, meditate on his word and pray without ceasing while we go about our ordinary tasks. Our minds dwell on the spiritual or as our minds dwell on the spiritual, we begin to see God in everything and everyone, whether we're driving down the road, sitting at a restaurant, flinging out the trash, or I might say going to Home Depot. I mean, yes. it, but it, that's, that's an eternal perspective, isn't it? What your trustee yes. does. Yes. He, yes. he sees that more than just, they are a means to my end. You know, yes, exactly. We're gonna have, They're we're not gonna just have, here to serve me. Yeah. Right. We're going to have a financial transaction. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to take a product and we're done. But to see those folks as bigger than that, um, you know, to have that eternal or the, the relationship is possibly being bigger than that and having the opportunity to invest. Cause I think that's a great word. Uh, we really do have a privilege, don't we, of investing in the lives of other people because that's something that, um, will produce fruit later. Yes. So, yes. There you go. That makes the same model. Yes. Yeah. It's the same idea. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that opportunity to to give back, to invest in others as a way of living out that eternal perspective. Let's say you're talking to a guy. Uh, he's sort of brand new at this, or maybe he, you know, let's just say he's a Christian, but he's sort of brand new. Uh, he, he doesn't have a clue what eternal perspective even is. Um, 
and, and how to cultivate one. What are some things you would do just to sort of help disciple him along, invest in him, get him moving in the right direction so that one day down the road, he is at a red light thinking about the things of God, so to speak, or he uses an opportunity at a red light to pray for someone in need or uh, goes to Home Depot and looks at that as an opportunity to share Christ, you know, or something like, how do we get a guy to that place? Oh, wow. That's the, there, there is the difficult question because it takes <clears throat> men a little bit outside of themselves and being willing to be a little vulnerable in that regard. Um, that's why I think a program, you know, uh, having uh, young Christians, especially involved in a small group mm -hmm. or something like that, where they, they start to develop that ability to share in a safe environment where some, nobody's going to jump all over them or something like that. Um, I think that's so important and, and kind of cultivating that in them so that they can start to have a little more confidence in doing that. And then, yeah, it is, it is saying, Hey, you know, when you go to a traffic light, pray for that person across mm -hmm. the way, or here's, here's my favorite one. That person cuts you off in traffic, you know, right. <laughs> pray for that person who cuts you off in traffic right. because that's something you can do. And that doesn't require you even to risk yourself with that person, mm -hmm. but it starts to change how you look at things, how you mm -hmm. view that person. And it is, you know, we've talked about muscle memory before. Well, there's right. the heart muscle memory there. Right. Is if, is if you can begin that process of instead of automatically having the four letter words, even come to your, to your thoughts, you know, whenever that happens uh, to say, you know, God loves you and I love you and I pray for that person, whatever it is, even if it's just something little, mm -hmm. because again, that begins that change of attitude yeah. so that your attitude is not immediately, well, that dirty, whatever it's, Mm -hmm. That's a child of God, or however you view that, you know, yeah. praying for that person. Um, <clears throat> and that to me, <clears throat> excuse me, begins that, 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 that starts to set people on the process so that then when they have those circumstances in their lives, those big events where something bad happens, where there really is some serious rubber meets the road issues like right. that, they've got that, that built up. They've already started, that muscle is strong. You know, that heart muscle has been developed and is much stronger. Right. I think really what we are asking uh, or talking about rather is, um, and it's, it's a much used phrase, perhaps even overused, but it is a paradigm shift in our thinking, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, it is going from, again, the temporal perspective uh, is one paradigm that, you know, I'm in it for me. This is all there is, uh, you know, and, and however that plays out in a person's life versus the eternal perspective where, <laughs> I'm not this. I'm not all there is. Uh, right. I'm not. The, I'm not the center of the universe. That's right. You know, God is the center of the universe. I want to glorify God. I want to live for God. I want to obey God joyfully. And how can that live out in my life and the lives of other people? You know, as I engage with other people, and I like again, like that phrase, invest, uh, because every day is an opportunity to make an investment in the life of another person, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, yes, it uh, is. And that's what, I mean, that is, if there's anything I've learned in scripture and, you know, we think of the, uh, the parables Jesus taught around investment that you were thinking of, um, that stuff that lasts for, e for eternity, doesn't it? It's like that great quote from uh, Gladiator, you know, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And uh, yes. it really is that idea to change that paradigm from that temporal perspective to the eternal perspective. 
I knew you would have to get around to Gladiator at some point. So I'm and glad you got it in. So if I can't work Gladiator or Lord okay. of the Rings in, I, I don't have any business doing this. So uh, anyway, well, hey, Dave, I appreciate uh, you hanging out today and talking about this. This is some good stuff, and I think we just scratched the surface, but maybe something we talked about gave somebody something to think about. Yes, I, and I, I have liked the opportunity to think about it as well. Um, again, uh, because for me, as I've, as, I've, as, I've, as I've grown and as I feel like I've matured, that, that ties into this idea, as I think I've, I've said before, you know, part of life or a big part of life really is inviting all of those aspects of our lives and our heart into God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's a process. That is an eternal thing yeah. versus something that's, that's temporal and recognizing that all of the parts of us are valuable to God and all of the parts of us have a place, you know, um, and every part of us can be transformed by God. You know, yeah. it may be fallen and maybe whatever our attitudes and aspects of ourselves, that all of that can be transformed. God, God, you know, God can, can transform that and make that useful in his kingdom and useful to us. Yeah. And I'm really glad you talked about the kingdom. Uh, you know, the kingdom is that dynamic rule and reign of God in our lives. And I, sh I should probably mention one other book by somebody else that's uh, a mentor of mine. But uh, it's this book called The Kingdom Turn by T.M. Moore. And he, it's that paradigm shift. He says we need to make a kingdom turn uh, from the, you know, the kingdom of this world, basically, temporal perspective, to the kingdom of God, eternal perspective. But both deal with very similar themes. And... Uh, you and I probably could talk for six more hours on kingdom stuff, but we're not. So uh, not I, will, I will list all the books that I've mentioned and any of the resources I can think of right below the video here in the description. So you can check those books out for yourself if you like. But uh, hey, guys, wanted to thank you for stopping by and checking out the video today. Hope that something we talked about uh, was meaningful to you, that it blessed you. And as always, you can check out daletetter.com for other resources that hopefully uh, – can encourage you and strengthen you in your faith. But Dave, thanks so much for being with me today and look forward to getting together again. Thank you, Dale. Thank you for having me. And guys, hey, we're praying for you and hoping, hoping you're moving along. All right. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, guys, thanks for checking out the Walking Points podcast for today. I hope you got something out of it something that added value and will help you in your Christian walk. As always, if you have any questions or if you want to get some more resources to help you walk with Christ in every sphere of your life, I hope you'll check out my website at daletetter.com. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Look forward to being with you next time.